All right, emergency episode today. Jordan and I are going to hop on and break down the NBA trade deadline. All right, I am here with Jordan, and we are breaking down the NBA trade deadline, an emergency episode, because this deadline was fairly active. Now, it wasn't as active as last deadline, but there was a few interesting moves that happened, and I think one move in particular that maybe created a new contender. So we wanted to talk about it. There's a lot to get into. Let's talk about our favorite deal of the day. I think it's the same deal. It's probably the Knicks deal, right? Yeah. I think it's definitely the next deal. I, As I don't an NBA think it's fan. particularly close, honestly, for like who yeah, so, won the trade deadline. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So the Knicks clearly, clearly won the trade deadline. The trade that we're talking about is Bohan Bogdanovich, Alec Burks to Detroit for Quentin Grimes, Evan, yeah, sorry, to the Knicks for Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, Malachi Flynn, Ryan Archidiakono, nailed it, and two second round picks. Um, what the fuck is Detroit doing? First off, I don't, they really like Q Grimes, huh? They really wanted some uh, Grimes. Well, they didn't have enough uh, guards on the team, I think. So, like, <laughs> I think they really wanted to maybe a Killian, Killian Hayes uh, backup because he's gone now. That could be it. Yeah, you had to replace the Killian minutes, so now we got yeah. Grimes. I don't know. the The sad part is is Boyan is so good. <laughs> he's so good, and yeah. now the Pistons. I mean, imagine being Monty Williams right now. Like, guys, what? How? How am I supposed to get? Any wins. I mean, he had to think of that already, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I, now he lost like his second best player. Yeah, this was um a f- complete fleecing by New York. Uh I don't know what Detroit saw in this. Did, did they really need more cap space for all the free agents that aren't gonna go there with second um, round pick? Is that is that d- it? Yeah, they got two second round picks. That's <laughs> wonderful. Maybe uh I mean they're it's evident that they're gonna be completely um, rebuilt in terms of the. I'm sure Monty gets fired. I'm sure Troy Weaver gets fired. I'm sure there's a whole restructuring of the management there because of this horrendous season. But moves like this gotta drive you crazy as Pistons fans. Let's talk about the fun side of this trade. Uh, the Knicks are now amazing. They were amazing before, and they're even more amazing now. It, like they, the the question with them for the last two years was do they have enough scoring punch? And they just got not one, but two guys who really helped solve that. Bogdanovich is like 6'9", awesome shooter, knows how to play, good passer, good off the ball. He's a he could he could finish. He could be in their closing lineup. And and that's like exactly what they needed. Just another outlet um for Brunson to go to late in games when things get clogged up. Yeah, especially like you gave a little bit of that bench capital to go get OG who's been a 10 out of 10 a plus move um but there was slight risk giving up that bench capital you just re reshored everything you lost with iq and barrett you got you got precious back in the deal for og who's a great bench player a great big for them and now you have alec burks and bohan both are going to contribute alec burks played really well for the knicks when he was there and bohan is exactly what they needed just a bench scorer. he's not going to add like insane defense or assist or rebounding but he's gonna score the hell out of the ball for you and he's exactly what they needed i am now this is something i wanted to bring up they're my 
second that's a team that i'm the most afraid of coming out of the east yeah the it's it definitely becomes a conversation now i mean, I mean cleveland's the, been playing awesome i mean yeah the Cle- so yeah so cleveland's scary but that playoff you can, i j- can't shake the playoffs out of my head um and i know that's yeah. been talked about the knicks are scary because they just fit so well and everything makes sense. Uh, if the Celtics have Porzingis, the size will give the Knicks a little bit of a problem, but they can get Mitchell Robinson back for playoffs time. That's really scary. The Sixers, I'm not afraid of uh, because it's going to be a, a grind with Embiid out and he's going to be out for a while. So having to work him back in, in the playoffs, and you're probably at a low seed, probably facing a killer. I'm not, it's going to take some lumps for us to, you know, for the Celtics to see them. I, uh, I'm not afraid of them. The Bucks, I should be afraid of. The way that this is going with Doc, trying to fit a new coach yeah. in mid-season in the playoffs too, like adding a new coach in the middle of the season and trying to get playoff success with him and the team. I don't see that happening. And they, they got rid they, of campaign though, so maybe that's the key. Campaign was the maybe, issue maybe there. Maybe Pat Bev. Pat Bev <laughs> changes yeah, Pat it. Bev well, they got rid it. of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess more Thonis minutes or Thanasis because they got rid of Robin <laughs> Lopez too. So yep. that probably yep. helps. Um, but the Bucks just seem plagued. They have issues. Uh, so it seems feasible to me that the Knicks are the scariest team coming out of the East now. Yeah, I think come playoff time, I'm probably still more scared of Milwaukee. I also think Miami should be brought up in the conversation. I know they have been playing well, but I love their roster. Um, I think when it gets to playoff time, Jimmy and Spolstra become like this different level of coach player duo yeah. than than anyone else really has. So I'm still scared of Miami. They're 28 and 24, but I, I don't want to play them. I'll tell you that. Um, but after, after those two, like the Knicks are right in that mix. I think for me, if I had to choose, I would say I'm most scared of Milwaukee than Miami than the Knicks. But man, the Knicks are like so put together. They are they have an energy around them. Brunson is doing everything. And OG, OG Ananobi is is the last guy that I want guarding Jason Tatum if I'm a yep. Celtics fan. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. He can shut down Tatum. And I I especially if they get Robinson back, like I mentioned, you're gonna have to keep up with the scoring of Brunson and their bench and everything, which the Celtics get stagnant at times. Uh, especially if Tatum's taken out of the mix, I am. They match up really, really nicely with the Celtics. Yeah, and 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 they have like the toughest factor over us with Hart and like Brunson and hey, Xavier Tillman's fucking tough, dude. Yeah, they, tough. Xavier Tillman might might be our our toughest guy, and he's gonna have to go against what the energy of Josh Hart. I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. I feel like we covered this trade pretty well. Uh. Yeah. What is the second biggest trade in your opinion? I'm I'm between two. I Actually, think it's Gordon Hayward. I think it's Gordon Hayward to OKC. I think that's the right, the three, M- yeah, let's start with there. Gordon Hayward to OKC. Um, did not see this one coming. Did you, I saw, I, I knew Gordon Hayward was going to get moved. I did not think OKC was the team for him. Yeah, thought OKC would want a big, but. Um, they still it, do. It works, it works on paper. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it for OKC. Yeah, so it's Trey Mann and Davis Bertans. Trey Mann has been buried by Kaysan Wallace, basically, and Bertans is horrible. So they get a veteran, number one. They get someone who can hit some threes, which is they need. Um, I, like you, would have liked to see them get a big. I'm actually a little annoyed that they didn't get a big. I wonder if they're a team to watch for the buyout candidacy. Uh, I'm looking at like a Robin Lopez, maybe. 
um, someone of that stature that they can add in. Someone who's just big enough to not get pushed around by AD, essentially. They they should have gone after Tillman, man. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but this was a great trade for OKC by adding Gordon Hayward. This was someone who brings veteran experience. He doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, though. But he's just an adult in the room. And I think that's really important for them. And his scoring will be good. I'm trying not to overrate this trade because Gordon Hayward, he's only averaging like 15 points per game. He's injured all the time still. Um, but I still like this move for OKC. And it's a very interesting move, to say the least. Yeah, I think it at least gives you another guy to go to if somebody like Giddy is having an off night or something, which we, we know Giddy can have. He's not like this awesome uh, shooter or scorer. I think Hayward... Those two are going to kind of rotate minutes, and I think it fits. Like, Shea driving and kicking out to Hayward and Hayward either shooting or attacking a closeout, it it, it works in my brain. So it's just another good scorer. Um, they have a ton of options. There's going to be nights when you don't need Hayward, but I, I also think there will be nights where Giddy's off or J-Dub is off or whoever where Hayward can come in and just provide a little bit of extra scoring punch. Yeah. Um. Okay. I want to talk now about Dallas seemingly going all in around Luca. Finally, um, now this might have to do with Mark Cuban taking less of a role in the front office because he's now no longer the majority owner. Uh, he gave up like seventy something percent of his share to um, a new investment group or a new group, um, and I think we are seeing what happens when that happens. Right, we are seeing a more active. Dallas Mavericks at the trade deadline. They made a big move today, getting PJ Washington and sending Charlotte Grant Williams, Seth Curry in a first. Um, Seth and Grant go home to Charlotte or North Carolina and they get some draft capital out of this. I love this move for Dallas. This is exactly what they needed. Um, PJ Washington is a lot more of a dynamic player than Grant Williams. Um, very, very good scorer, can shoot the ball really well and play really solid defense. I love P.J. Washington at the wing here, and I love this move for Dallas. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. I don't know if I would say that this is the we're going all in around Luka move. I don't know. Daniel if this Gafford is, what... is kind of what when they go Daniel Gafford for Rashawn Holmes, it seems like they're starting to kind of shore up and doing what they oh. can do. Oh, I'm, I agree. I'm just saying if I'm Luka, I don't know if this is the thing that that's like, oh, we have a chance now. Like we can win it, you know? <laughs> Well, I see what you're saying. The problem is Luca at this point in terms of. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, no. listen, 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 listen. Do this no, no. tonight. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. The problem is Luca in terms of what you can do. You're limited in terms of your all in move is what I'm trying to say. You can't go and get another superstar for your all in move because he is not easy to play with. He has the ball in his hands all of the time. What superstar can you go out and get feasibly? and add with Luca that makes a lot of sense. Because anyone you name is not a superstar if they make sense next to Luca. No, I, I'm not saying you got to get superstars, but you, I mean, but that's was, an all Grant in Williams, was Grant Williams again? No, no, no. An <laughs> all-in move, like the, the biggest all-in move, an all-in move in terms of what you're saying is going and getting like an actual, you know, top 25, top 30 player and giving up a ton of assets to do so, right? Yeah. yeah that's, that's what true. the Suns did to get KD. This the reason I'm saying this is an all-in move for Dallas is because this is what they can do and is what the top of what they can do to build around Luca fully and show that they're all in around Luca. Because there's yeah. they're kind of stunted. There's not a ton you can do. There's not a ton you can add to fit with him because he is so ball dominant, right? Fair point. And when you're building around Luca, 
which you should do, by the way, because he is amazing. He's a generational talent, and yeah. he is an insane offensive player, and you should 100% be building around Luka. I'm not calling that into question. Right. I, I just think when you're doing it, you should not worry so much about getting awesome offensive players. And and P.J. Washington's good on offense. I'm not saying he's not, but he's a freak athlete, man. Like he, This yeah. guy gives them defensive versatility that they didn't have before, so I'm excited for that. Lively's still there. I still like Lively. So they're really sh- trying to shore up the defense. And then if Luka and Kyrie can carry the offense, they can be really scary in a playoff series. So I like the move. Um, Washington, I saw Kevin O'Connor posted like a, I think he tweeted it. It was like he had a breakdown earlier in the season of PJ Washington, or maybe it was last year. This guy, I didn't realize how freaky of an athlete he is. Like he's yeah. only, I think, six, seven. But he's a great defender, and he can go up and catch lobs and runs the break really well. Uh, he only shoots at 32% from three. But, yeah, I, I love it because, again, you don't have to worry so much about awesome offensive players being around Luka. It's more about the defense on the other end. Yeah. Um. Okay. I, real quick, want to cover – let's see here. What is – I have a move that I want to talk about because it's fascinating to me, and it was – a great move at the start of the day, but it's kind of it's a move that didn't age as well as the day went on, and that's Kelly Olynyk to Toronto, for and o- Ochai Baji as well for Kira Lewis, Otto Porter Jr. and the 2024 first round pick. Now, at the time, this trade makes a lot of sense. It still does make some sense, but the Raptors then traded Dennis Schroeder for Spencer Dinwiddie, and they bought him out. So. I guess that's to free up cap. Um, but I felt that was a little weird. Um, I still really do like the trade for Kelly Olenek. I think he is perfect for this team. Um, they needed a big, they needed spacing. He provides a lot of spacing. And he's from Toronto. He went there until he was in seventh, or he lived there until he was in seventh grade. He was born there. Um, he's awesome. And I love this move in terms of the spacing, getting your home guy, everything I just said. Uh, I felt like it was a little weird. I know that they're freeing up cap space by, you know, trading Schroeder, who's on a three-year deal, to Toronto to get an expiring in Dinwiddie. Obviously, they buy they buy him out, but um, I, I don't know what you're doing with cap space if you're the Raptors because no one really wants to go to Toronto. No one really signs there as a free agent. Yeah, I I don't quite get it either. I also think that pick, like giving up the first rounder this year. I know it's not a good draft, but the Raptors are bottoming out like they're not going to be a good team so that pick is probably going to be pretty valuable I, I don't know how valuable it could be in a bad draft but still it's it's a high draft pick so I don't I don't really like it also Ochai really underwhelming this this past yeah. season he's only averaging I think five points yeah 5.4 points after 7.9 last year wasn't really finding enough minutes on the jazz. There wasn't really a great role for him. So he can still develop. He's still super young. It's his second year, but yeah, I'm with you. I love Kelly, but I would have liked to see Kelly go somewhere where he can help win because it's not like he's going to help the the rebuild process in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, this draft is truly not a good draft. So the first round, you don't care about the pick. I don't, I don't truly, I would rather, they're retinkering too. They're not. They're doing a retool on the fly. They're not trying to fully bottom out. Um, and I think they're gonna. They think they're gonna be better than what they are. So I don't really care about the pick truly because, I mean, we've. Lo- I've started looking into this draft, and there is just not a lot of guys that are gonna fall to that potential five, six, seven spot that are worth you know, 
But really how do you know that? Much. I just I just think how do you know? You don't know it. You don't know it until a decade. I would from now. I would rather have a top six pick than than Kelly Olenek and Ochai. I think. See, but that's the other that's the other side is those guys are at least Kelly Olenek is an established player, and you're yeah. taking a chance at someone some uh, an unknown. And I would rather have the known in a rebuild, like or in a retinker, not a rebuild. So that's what Toronto's doing. Uh, that was interesting. I want to talk now. There was another one, Pat. Not Pat Bev. I don't give a fuck about that trade, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it, I was thinking about Buddy Heald to the Sixers. Um, yes. Does this do anything for you? Man, if this was two weeks ago, it would have done a lot for me. Before yeah. Embiid towards meniscus. Um, and they gave up two more bench players that actually play for them. They did not need well, a consolidation. Can trade. you read the uh, full trade? It's Marcus Morris, Furkan, Korkmaz, and three seconds. And both of those guys actually play minutes for... A, t- a Philly team that literally just needs bodies to put on the court because this this lineup is thin. I actually really didn't like this move for them. Really? I, I like it because I think Buddy's an awesome player and they didn't give up really a whole lot. I mean, I know those guys play for them, but they it's not like they're they're the reason Philly's good. So I think I think Buddy is definitely gonna replace all the production that they lose with those two guys leaving and, and give them a lot more. Buddy shoots the piss out of the ball. I like Buddy a lot. He's not a great defender. Um, effort maybe a little bit of a question there, but I love if Embiid is healthy. Philly is you asked who who I'm most scared of. If Embiid is healthy, it, it's Philly by a landslide. Maxi, yeah, Embiid, Harris, and Heald. That is awesome. And then, I don't know, throw, throw whoever else you want out there. I can't think of the fifth starter right now. Um, that's literally I, I the like reason this you move. can't because they have no one truly. Yeah, is it Melton? Um, I don't know. It, it's, it, yeah, <laughs> I um, <clears throat> I, I I I was hyperbolizing. I don't hate. I don't hate it. I understand it from Philly's point of view. Um, I thought they should be. Well, this is kind of a, a, a they're showing Embiid that they're trying to build around him a little bit more. Clearly, they don't want him to go. They're in a tough situation because you really don't know with him. It sounds like he's going to miss an extended period of time. Now you have Buddy Heald, uh, Tyrese Maxey, and Tobias Harris as your three creators. Those guys, that's not a lot of shot creation. That's a lot of shot. But it's taking. more than they had. It's be- like it it's is more better. than they had. It is they more than they had. It is better. Maybe. But it's like you're adding a guy to this. Buddy Heald is not someone that's going to like create his own create for others. No, he can create his own no. shot. But I mean, it's it's going to get it could get bleak very quickly in Philly without Joel Embiid there. I think it was gonna get bleak. It was gonna get more bleak That's if they didn't That's make true. a move. So I'm I'm fine with it. And is is Buddy an expiring? Because that would be maybe questionable. Yeah, Buddy is an expiring. That that becomes if this is if he walks in free agency, then it's uh just a waste. But yeah. that's why that's why the Pacers did it. They moved on from Buddy so they could you know yeah. get some. And they 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 uh they rerouted Marcus Morris to San Antonio, and then he got bought out. So what a day for Marcus Morris. <laughs> yeah, I still think I don't know. To wrap it up, I think it's overall worth the risk because first of all, Heald can help keep you. Also, Shake Milton got traded to Minnesota today. No, Detroit. oh he did. He got traded. Oh, he, he did. On, he got traded. No, to Minnesota, no, no, no. And then Milton. Minnesota traded him to your DeAndre Melton. I think is yeah, DeAnthony Melton. That's DeAnthony. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that. Uh, but yeah, you you screwed me up, but. Healed, I think, can help the Sixers stay afloat while Embiid is out. And if Embiid comes back, if he can make a return by the playoffs, I think you have an awesome team and you're an instant contender. 
if he walks a free agency, it hurts. But it's it still, you, you didn't give up a ton. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to run through my quick winners and losers real quick. Okay. Oh, should we talk Celtics? Yeah. We'll talk we Celtics. We talk Tillman. Well, we didn't talk Tillman and Springer. Springer from <laughs> Philly <laughs> is awesome, dude. He's a He plays well against Celtics every game. Former Vol, shout out. Him and I went to college together. He um is a spark plug off the bench. He's probably about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, maybe 6'4". He's in that range. Um, <laughs> that was a big range. I it's a big range. <laughs> He's 6'4", I think. Um, yeah. <clears throat> he extremely athletic, extremely fast, very versatile, okay offensively. Defensively, he's really, really solid. Um, he has history with Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell is the assistant coach on Philly. I'm here. I've like, like the reports are saying that he was a strong, he made a strong push for the Celtics to acquire uh, Jane Springer. And I think he fits perfectly with the team. And he's young, which is really fun. So, going to be honest, I can't believe you opened the Celtics talk with Springer and not Tillman because yeah, I don't right. think for for everything well, you just said about him, I don't think he's going to see the court on, no, on the no, Celtics. No, he team. won't. He won't. Uh, Tillman is awesome defensively. He is a perfect. He's going to play over Cornet. He's going to play over Nemes Keita, and the, he's look. He's not going to score the ball for you. He's going to have like the same offensive level as Cornet. Defensively, though. There are a lot of clips of him switching on to Luca, switching on to Gian- or being placed on Giannis, being placed on Embiid, like really doing some dirty work on the stars in the league and them having some trouble with him. He is he's an undersized big. He's probably about six nine. He's very strong. He's a great athlete. He is someone that you can really look to place on, you know, Giannis for about ten minutes in the playoffs when you want to give Chris Stapps and Horford a rest and he is exactly what they need, the Celtics needed to add. I was just going to say, first thing that came to mind when the Celtics made this move is we have someone to throw at Giannis now. Like last year and the year before, it was Grant Williams and it was Robert Williams and it was Horford and it was all those guys getting thrown at him. We got rid of Grant for for as much as Grant gets made fun of and like he, had, he didn't have a great year this year. He did a great job against Giannis two years ago in that playoff series. And this is the guy who we needed to replace him with Tillman. He's 6'8", 245, athletic, awesome defender, smart, savvy, been around for a couple years now, four years in the league. I'm very excited for him to help our defense. Now we have Porzingis. We can throw length at Giannis. We have Horford. We can throw length and, you know, veteran, whatever Al Horford does on defense. It's just always works somehow to throw at Giannis and we have now Tillman. So I, I really like it for that reason specifically. And yeah, just overall, I mean, we needed uh, some big depth because Kata and Cornette are not the greatest. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, winners and losers. So, so tell me if you disagree with any of these. Okay. My winners. Number one is the Knicks, obviously. Number two, I'd say the Mavs. Number three, OKC. We're going to have a conversation two or three. And then for the Celtics, um, for my losers, I have the Pistons, the Bulls, the Kings, the Warriors, the Nets, and the T-Wolves. Ooh, the Pistons Scratch definitely. the T-Wolves. Scratch the T-Wolves. They, I forgot about that Monte Morris trade. I like that move for them. Pistons, definitely. The interesting losers are the ones who didn't make any moves, right? Warriors, yeah. Kings. Kings, Warriors. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of at my wits end with the Kings. Did, I don't. I was gonna I say think. I'm at my wits end with with the Warriors. I don't know. Well, what they're kind of stuck. We're just they're riding kinda, out the glory days. Well, they're just stuck. Like you, you don't want to get anything that pisses off Steph Curry too much. And you said it yesterday. I texted you about Clay being 
moved potentially. Yeah, but trade and you're Wiggins, like Steph, do something. Well, what do you think? No one wants Wiggins, so it's like you yeah. can't make a trade happen out of thin air. Has, there's no market for Wiggins. They're not willing to, and they shouldn't be willing to part with Kaminga. And I mean, Moody's not going to get you anything that's super crazy. Like, what, what other assets do you have? You can yeah. trade Draymond. You can trade Clay. Those are your two. Like they, I didn't. Like I don't know. They're stuck, and that's why they're losers because they're fucked. Um, the Kings are the one that I'm at my wits end with because I don't understand how they think they're contenders right now. And that's what the that's what they did. They sat put. I mean, they they traded out a pick to get Robin Lopez, who they bought out. Who did you want them to get? Did you have someone or a couple? Guys? Um, I mean, I would have just wanted. I just want them to be aggressive. I want them to shore up that three spot for like Herder, like someone where you can maybe group together Herder and um, I forget the guy's name. He's out of like Alabama or whatever. He was playing over Davion Mitchell, um, er, and then maybe that European guy that they added. Like they, yeah. I wanted them to consolidate. And get one more piece that they can add with Fox and Savonis. Now it didn't need to be like a big piece, but I wanted it to be something that you know was bigger than what they have. Like you have this Harrison Barnes herder and um, the other guy. I forget his name off the top of my head right now, but he like they they're just kind of they're never gonna win the West, especially with this construction. And I thought that there was options for them to get better, and they kind of didn't. And it kind of makes me mad. Like uh, Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is having kind of a down year. Like I want that spot, that three, four bigger forward. Yeah, but you can't trade Keegan. You, you no, don't, no, you trade don't Keegan. No, I'm not saying trade trade Keegan. I'm saying either move Barnes or Herder or both and get yeah. like a a better option at that spot. Gotcha. Yeah, that's fair. I'm with you. So I just felt like they they missed out on an opportunity. They need some defense too, and I mean yeah. they just they didn't get any better. They lost a pick and got more cap space. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? I hate. Nothing drives me more crazy than when teams talk, and it's a Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo thing too, and he always talks about it. When teams talk about all this cap space they have, when it's like Detroit, Orlando, Toronto, Sacramento, places where people don't sign, you can have all the cap space. No one fucking signs there. That's why you have cap space. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so, congrats. They they bought out Robin Lopez. Great. So you created. I don't even know what that does for them. Couple I'm, mil. Yeah, it creates. <laughs> A couple mil that they're not going to spend this offseason because guess what? They had cap space this offseason and they didn't sign anybody. So I because I they're in Sacramento. Yeah, they're in Sacramento. <laughs> and it's like they didn't make significant pushes. They didn't they were in the Pascal Siakam talks, but then they kind of got shied away. Look at what they got. Look at what the Raptors got for Pascal Siakam. It wasn't that crazy. Like I feel like oh, the Kings, yeah, the Kings probably could have off. done it. Yeah. And he would have fit perfectly. So if you're a Kings fan, I feel really bad because it seems like they just want to be like that fun team that maybe can make some noise in the playoffs rather than actually trying to be a contender. Yeah, fair enough. Great take. And then the Nets, I don't know why they're holding on to their assets. Um, they're not trading Mikhail Bridges, even though they're getting like four first-round picks for him. That's fucking ridiculous. That is crazy. They did, they turned down four first-round picks, and then teams immediately stopped calling them, I saw. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they okay, should. No they one's hear. asking for Mikhail Bridges anymore because that yeah. price is crazy. That is crazy. I don't understand what Brooklyn's doing. I I don't get it. It's like you. They got Schroeder just, now. Is that yeah? Not yeah, doing great. They got they got Schroeder. Nice. <laughs> you literally did Dinwiddie for Schroeder, like the same kind of player. Essentially, just ball ball heavy, not going to pass the ball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like slight upgrade. You, Schroeder's better. Slight, Schroeder's better. <laughs> um, I mean, like you could have moved on from Cam Thomas. That clearly isn't working well there. You could have moved on from Mikhail Bridges for four first round fucking picks. Cam Johnson <laughs> is a 
if Cam Johnson's on the market, you're going to get a good return. Philly would have so thrown a lot to get Cam. Do you Johnson. just want them to be like get zero wins for the rest of the season? Trade McHale well, and Cam. What are, what are they? <laughs> you would have had four first round picks. You could have fucking rebuilt. They're trying to retinker, but they they don't. They're not going to be able to. They're just not good enough. They think they think Bridges is really good, and maybe he will. He be is really day. good. He is really good, but he's what are you? Do? You're wasting his prime. You're going to yeah, waste well, his prime yeah. trying to retool around him. If you're turning and he's, down, he's also we don't know how good. Like he's not really a one. I don't think. Yeah, he's not so. like the. He's not going to win. He's not going to be the best player on a championship team. He could be like right. a really nice third option on a championship team. Yeah, exactly. I think second is pushing it. So yeah, like. You have one small piece, probably arguably one of the easier pieces to get in terms of like third best on the, of the one, two, three best players on a championship team. Third piece is probably the easiest one to get. So you have an interesting, you have interesting bones, um, but not enough to like say, oh, we're all in on this. Like we're going to build around this. Like, I don't know. I just didn't understand what they did today. I really did. Yeah, I'm with you. I got so, you. Um, all right. I feel like that covered it. Not a crazy deadline, but a lot of fun moves. I feel like a pretty fun one. Yeah, fun. A lot of uh, role players getting moved around. Yeah, but like big ones that are you know difference makers for sure. And then yeah. you know, and then it got and then it got fucking when Doug McDermott gets sent back to the Pacers for the seventh time. I was like, all right, I probably. Yeah, you the just final, turn off Twitter. <laughs> what was it? The final trade of the day, and it was like Corey Joseph getting yeah Corey Joseph to Indiana from Golden State for a second just. Yeah, nice. Like, all right. Twitter <laughs> for the day. So, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to this emergency episode. Uh, we are going to be back later in the week doing more NBA stuff and some Super Bowl recap. So, yeah. And tomorrow uh, on Friday, Jordan, you guys already recorded it and it's going to be out Friday. Like I said, uh, you have a Super Bowl Palooza episode. It's, it's sounds like it was a pretty fun episode. Um, it was a blast. Yeah. So, you'll be hearing that tomorrow. And then later in the week, or I guess earlier next week, we will be doing our Super Bowl recap and an NBA stuff. And then we'll be transitioning over to NBA and NFL draft stuff. So a lot of fun stuff coming your way. Thank you all for listening and peace. <laughs>